Welcome to church, if we haven't met. My name is Dan, my wife Hannah, and I get the honour of leading this incredible church along with a phenomenal team. And it is great to see you for the second week of 2024. Here we are. Are we ready? <sighs> kind of. Were parents are ready for their kids to go back to school? And everyone said, Amen. I <sighs> can't wait for school holidays, just no more routine, you know, just hanging with the kids. And then like day four, when does school start again? Is there summer school that we can maybe drop them off at? It's a... Here we are. Okay. I love my kids. If I can get the band up, please. <laughs> we, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a deep love. Um, somewhere. We're going through Psalm 23 at the moment. And uh, as I said last week, this is, uh, I'll say this about a lot of passages, but one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture. And something that I really want to just continue to reiterate that, yes, is obvious, but maybe isn't obvious, is this is paramount for you as a Christian to get the revelation, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And from that place, we can continue to grow and we can continue to journey with Jesus. I want to talk about today, journeying with Jesus Christ as our shepherd. I remember hearing once this incredible story. Um, it might not be real. It, the, I actually just thought of that on the spot. You've kind of got to test preaching stories these days. Like, you know, it sounds like I heard this the other day. Uh, it's not always true. I heard this, now that I think about it, from a preacher. So I probably should go and check if this is true or not. But it sounded good at the time. It was, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. As I say it, I'm like, oh, it's almost too good to be true. Maybe it's not. <laughs> um, the, the story I was told is there was a tribe uh, in, in India, I think it was, called the, the Shepherds. And a missionary came in and started talking about God and the Bible and, and spoke to the, you know, teaching them the Bible. And they started going through it and they got to this passage on the Lord is my shepherd. And they were like, God is my shepherd, yes, but who is God? And they're exploring it and they came to John 10. And Jesus is like, I am the shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And in that moment, the whole uh, tribe was led to the Lord and so became Christians, started living for Jesus Christ because of the name shepherd. And if it's not true, just let it be true. Do you know what I mean? Just, just receive it anyway. <laughs> truth. What is truth, as Pontius Pilate says? So, um, but to come to this point, I'm so off topic right now. To come to this point that Jesus Christ is your shepherd. As he revealed himself in John chapter 10, I am the great shepherd. Amen. And to, to see that the Lord is the shepherd of my soul, in him I have all that I need, is, is just such a crucial revelation for you and I. So I want to go slowly through this passage and see what this psalm has for us. Very incredible honor as well, a special announcement the beautiful Chris and Allison were engaged this week. Can you guys stand up? Let's congratulate these guys. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Amazing. Pump for you guys. A beautiful future awaits. I love their story. Obviously, so much attached to their story, but recently started coming here, felt to get water baptized uh, two months ago. Upon doing so, just God has been revealing himself in incredible ways, and they both separately came to this point of like, uh, we should get married. And uh, here they stand now. I love you guys. and love what God is doing in your life. All right. Uh, 
Hey, Danica. Do we have the Lord's Prayer there? Is that somewhere there as well before we get into Psalm 23 today? We've been doing this the last two weeks and I wouldn't mind continuing it because I think it's a great habit for us to do. I was even talking to someone and they're like, um, when I did it two weeks ago, they were like, I, I never, ever, I can't remember the last time I said that prayer. That morning I woke up and three times God put on my heart to pray the Lord's Prayer. That Sunday morning and we came here and we were doing it. So I think it's a great thing for us to not look at it and go, oh, what a boring religious prayer. Let's learn this prayer. Let's believe this prayer. Let's believe right now millions and millions and millions of Christians around the world are praying this prayer. And that's a powerful thought. Amen. So we'll go through it together. I'll lead the pace. Uh, but I really want you, I know it's hard because you're reading it, but also let's say this prayer to God. Amen. Let's, let's do our best to mean this in our heart. Three, two, one. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Lord, we love you. Help that prayer to be our prayer. Uh, we pray today, now, your kingdom come, your will to be done here. Lord, anyone feeling anxiety, depression, burdens weighed down, we speak your kingdom of freedom and hope into their heart and their mind right now. Anyone feeling fear or doubt or weighed down with grief, we just pray, Holy Spirit, you'd comfort them, you'd set them free, you would do a beautiful work in their life. As we look at this passage today, God, I pray it wouldn't just be another passage of the Bible. Help it be daily living bread for our soul. Lord, nourish us. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. All right. Psalm chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. Today, I'm going to go through it in the New King James as we go through Psalm. Uh, I like it. So we started, uh, just quickly, sorry if you missed last week. Chapter 1 is like I was just saying, it's, it's kind of crucial for us to catch. Verse, not chapter 1, verse 1 is, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And we looked at how that doesn't mean you are not allowed to desire things, but that God satisfies your soul. The New Living Translation says, I have all that I need in God. And for us to get to that point of complete contentment, satisfaction, now we can move on to this. He makes me to lie down in B, dang it, <laughs> green pastures. If you're going through it actually on the Bible Gateway, I'm going to preach, on, uh, I'm going to pull that part out. It, there's like footnotes, right? If you click on B at the bottom, it'll say something. He makes me lie down in green pastures can be translated as pastures of, uh, pastures of luscious grass. It was something like, it was like, oh man, that's a beautiful picture. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Amen. One more time, let's pray. God, we love you and we need you. I pray this passage would be real for us. We could say personally about us. You lead us besides still waters and restore our soul. You're everything we need. Lord, in your wonderful name we pray. Amen. I do love this psalm. I love Psalm 23. It is a beautiful psalm. 
And something I really love about Psalm 23 as well is kind of what it's sandwiched in between. I don't know if you've ever noticed or read Psalm 22 before, but it is all this prophetic imagery about Jesus Christ dying on the cross for us. If you're familiar with Scripture and you're familiar with Jesus dying in the end of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, spoiler alert, he does die. Spoiler alert, he comes back, it gets better. And Psalm 22 is one of those prophetic chapters we see so many things fulfilled in the cross, written hundreds of years before Jesus actually died on the cross. We will read statements like, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus cried that out on the cross. They have pierced my hands and my feet. Jesus cried that out on the cross. Well, it happened to Jesus. They cast lots for my clothes. That happened to Jesus. Not one of my bones is broken. That happened to Jesus. So this Psalm 22 is all about Jesus dying on the cross to earn our salvation, justification, the price He paid. And then the beauty of Psalm 24, I don't know if you've had a chance to, to look at it or think of it off the top of your head, but it's all about glorification. One day, who, who, can, who can go up to the Lord? Who can approach Him? Oh, oh, the King of glory, enter in. And it's all about this one day entering and, and being promoted to glory, to be with God. So in, in one chapter, we've got the pain of the cross. And at the end chapter, we've got glorification, entering heaven, and smack in the middle, Psalm 23, he's my shepherd. So Psalm 23 for me is a really beautiful picture of our Christian life in so many ways. Because for you and I, we do have to continuously look back and say we cannot call Jesus our shepherd until the cross is real to us. And we cannot have confidence of one day future glory, being in heaven with him. Unless the cross is real to us and we journey with him this side of eternity. But if we can do that, confidence in the cross, confidence in glorification, we sit here not as religious Christians attending a service for the sake of it. But people who look up at the king and go, he's my shepherd. I have all that I need. Then we have confidence for the rest of the psalm to apply this to our lives personally. Amen? And some things I, I would love, oh, wow, uh, things I want to look at in this psalm today. The first one, he makes me lie down in green pastures. The first thing I, I want to talk about in this journey with Jesus, this, this time from here into eternity, is seasons of passive filling. Seasons of passive feeling. Have you ever felt God force you to stop? Just stop. And he makes me lie down. It's like the stubbornness in us wants to just keep going and working and figuring things out and being the Martha in the midst of chaos. And he's like, stop. <sighs> just calm down. Sit down. Lie down. And if God, you feel God's doing that for you right now, I want you to embrace that. Seasons of rest are absolutely crucial for every single one of us, but you need to notice it's not just He makes me lie down. He makes me lie down in luscious pastures of green grass. What is that to a sheep? Ample food. He forces me to lie down. He's like, sit. Feast. 
And I felt God do that before. Just exhaustion. Absolute exhaustion. He's like, just stop, sit, read my word, pray, sit in a worship song. Just stop and feast. I have nourishment for your soul. We, this is a sheep, obviously grass is the picture for mankind. John chapter 6, Jesus words it differently, but it's the same picture, right? So in John 6, he says this, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. Let's just stop for a second, right? So the Pharisees and in fact, maybe all Jewish people were looking back on the miraculous work of God in the wilderness to Moses going, that is the greatest possible provision. God rained down bread every day. Miraculous work of God. These miracles just keep coming and coming. There's nothing greater than that. And they're looking at Jesus in this passage going, will you do a greater sign to show us your God? And he goes, greater? They ate it and they died. Like, you call that the greatest miracle? They ate, look, this is the bread. They ate it and they died. But this bread, Jesus is now talking about himself. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. It's a greater miracle. Jesus said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. The reason I call this passive feeling is this is when God just overwhelms you with his goodness. It's like we try and do life in our own strength and energy as that scripture just reminds me constantly. And Jesus is there going, you tired? <laughs> you worn out yet? You burned out? Come to me. Why would he say, come to me? Because you're exhausted. You need to lie down and eat. Feast. And I know, I'm, oh, gee, we can call this a prophetic unction right now. Others are just going to call it very obvious logic. I'm guessing lots of people here, when they're exhausted, feast on Netflix. Oh, there it is. I, don't, I mean, I didn't know that a moment ago, but the Holy Spirit just revealed it. What a prophetic word. Uh, I'm guessing there's a lot of doom scrolling going on. <laughs> Nourish me. I'm exhausted. What's this real about? Of course I want to learn how to make tea cake better. Like, oh, of course I want to learn how to trim my grass and make it grow uh, coarse. Do you know, actually, guilty pleasure. Do you know when there's those abandoned houses and someone volunteers their time to go and mow it and it's like time-lapsed? I'm like, oh, that's so satisfying to my soul because it's like, oh, he whippersnipped the corner even. I'm like, oh, it's so good. It's my guilty pleasure. It just looks neat and tidy and I'm like, I can breathe. Sorry. We do it. And sitting there, talking to my brother this week, he's like, have you seen the new Reacher? No, is it out yet? I've got to see the new Reacher! Because we all just think, I want to watch something. I want to scroll. I, I, this is me lying down, right? This is me lying down, and this is me feeding my soul. And Jesus looks at us, and he says, everyone who ate that bread died. No, this is what I really need. I'm not saying it's evil, but it's not going to satisfy your soul. And Jesus very clearly, unapologetically looks at you and I and says, anyone who comes to me and feasts her will live forever. Like, isn't this, this passive though? I, I really want to highlight, 
He makes us lie down. Stop, sit, eat. You need it. Don't get up. Bang. <laughs> eat. Makes. Not like allows. He watches me as I lie down and I lead my own life. No, he knows what's best. <sighs> there are seasons where you will be exhausted. And I beg you, I beg you, stop. Jesus is there. You don't have to find him. He's there. You and I just haven't been looking at him, but he's there. And stop and lie down and just wait on him. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Amen. And in that moment, I was talking to a pastor friend even this week about it. Just, um, it's not uncommon. He, he and I did our masters together. And it's not uncommon for people to come to our churches and they come from a high event-driven kind of uh, energy churches. Please hear me. I'm not having a shot, but this I'm trying to highlight a mindset. And they come, and as soon as they come, you can tell life's been hard lately, but they talk to you and they're like, what can I do? I, 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 you know, as soon as we, I just want to serve somewhere. Is there a spot? Like, can I help out? Do you want me to help out on cafe? Do you want me to help out anywhere? Like, what can I do? And I was talking to my friend, the pastor, and it's like, we like have to force them. Like, what do you mean do? You're not in a good place. Just stop. Just come to church. Sit in worship. Sit under the preaching and anointing of His Word. Sit amongst brothers and sisters. Just sit and be with Jesus for a while. Because Martha wasn't doing the wrong thing in serving. She was doing the wrong thing in not prioritizing the sitting. You need to be both. Just you need, that needs to be an overflow of this. And so I really want to say to you again and again, in case that's there, I think all of us to a degree have a works-based default where it's like, I need to be doing more. I need to be doing more. I need to be doing more. And when it comes to salvation and nourishment in Jesus Christ, I say, no. You need to be resting more. 100%. And this isn't me saying, don't worry about serving. This is me saying, we are all, can be remarkably lazy when it comes to actually finding ourselves in the presence of Jesus Christ and stopping. Sometimes we're not doing. <laughs> we might stop the doing, but we don't actually see that there is green grass in front of us. And we're sitting there going, why did he make me rest? Why did he make me lie down right now? Get this grass out of my face. Why did he make me rest? What could his plan, <laughs> hay fever's flaring up. What could possibly God be doing in this season? Where are you? Darn grass, I wish I had a lawnmower. What on earth could his will be right now for my life? Just eat, just stop and recognize that he is there wanting to nourish and satisfy your soul. Passive filling. But then the other one, I think the next statement, it's not, it's not a works-based salvation. It's not a works-based religion. It's not a works-based sanctification. But hear me when I say this. There are other seasons of active filling. Season of passive filling where God just overwhelms you and forces you down. But then there's something about this that, I do want to highlight because I'm not sure if it stands out enough. He leads me beside 
the still waters. He restores my soul. I know that I preach this a lot, but I'm going to preach this till the day I die because we keep coming back to this first truth. Still waters is Jesus Christ. 100%, the living water of God is Jesus. In John chapter 7, He stood up to everyone who was exhausted in verse 37 to 39. Is anyone thirsty? Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the Scripture declares rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit. This is God, right? So in Psalm 23, he leads me beside rivers, still waters. He leads me beside still waters, sorry. Something I want to highlight that sometimes we miss is the word beside. It doesn't say that he walks me into the water and forces me to drink. But I think sometimes he does all this work. God's done all this work. God's done all this work. God's done all this work to get us next to the water. But then, as much as I believe 100% in the sovereignty of God in every aspect of salvation, there is 100% responsibility for you and I as well when he just goes, hey, now go drink. And the craziest thing is sometimes we don't. God has just done so much work in our life. Like I'm convinced God can save you, forgive you, wash you, restore you, help you, energize you, sustain you, strengthen you, lead you, give you revelation. Like God can do it all. And at the same time, he's sitting there going, come, take a step. You're next to the living water. Step into it. Get in and drink. And my question to you today is, what does your active feeling look like in this season? Come on now. God went out of his flipping way to author the Bible. In 2 Timothy 3.16, the Word of God is Holy Spirit authored. The Greek term there is Theonustus. It's the only time we see it in all of the New Testament. What it means is Theo, God, Neustus, Spirit. The Word of God is God-spirited. And it's here. You have a copy because God went out of His way to make it happen. So, could you open it? (laughs) Can you open it? Can you read it? Can can you highlight some things? Can you circle some things? Because He's done everything else to get you beside the living water. But sometimes we just need to take a step. 2024. Can you open your Bible, God? Author. Can you pray the prayer God put on your heart and wants to answer? That always blows me away. People are like, oh, I'm just feeling so stirred up right now. I'm just, something's going on and I don't know why, but for some reason so-and-so's on my heart. And I'm like, God, put them on your heart. Just pray for them. Why should I pray for them? Because God wants to do work in their life. And I know it seems crazy that God would go out of His way to put them on your heart so that you could just say some words in faith and then God does all the other work. He doesn't need you, but He wants you. And God, is, He's put you beside the living water. It's like He's done so much work. He's like, just pray the prayer so I can act. And I don't think He's limited to our prayers. Like, I can't do it until you pray. I think He's chosen that posture. 
of like, I want you to pray so I can do it. We're a team. What about this year? Could you bless the person God funded you to? <laughs> God's given you your money. That's just that's it, the way it is. It's a statement. It's not a question. God has blessed you with everything you have in your life. Every single blessing you have. We looked at last week, James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. God has blessed you. If you don't feel blessed right now, put off Instagram, Google what's happening in the rest of the world. We live here on the Gold Coast, war-free. I know inflation's gone up. I know the rates are really high right now, but you can go to this gorgeous beach and swim and then come to the house of God, persecution-free, and there's food on offer. And if you don't have food on offer, our government will help you and our church will help you. Like you... We are, we are blessed. And if we've been blessed, I can't help but fully believe that we're meant to be a blessing. And so, could you bless the person God funded you to? Could you show the joy God gave you? He leads me beside still waters. I'm like, ah, it's just so good of God, isn't it? To take me there, to lead me there, to guide me there. But the active feeling is, you know you could say no, right? You and I in our stubbornness could stand next to the still water going, God hasn't done enough in my world. God hasn't done all that he could do. God hasn't been forcing water down my throat lately. And I think he's just like on offer. He's just there going, here I am. Just talk to me. Just turn to me. Just open your Bible like I'm here. We're like, can't taste that water yet. He's just there. Just be active a little bit as well. And then the final thing. Seasons of passive feeling, seasons of active feeling. Seasons of intentional shaping. Verse 3. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Amen. I'll finish with this. A couple of small points. Number one, God is intentional. He leads me in paths of righteousness. He, he's active and he's intentional. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. How many people are grateful that God is intentional? <laughs> so, uh, Philippians. Chapter 2, if you're taking notes. Verse 12. For God is at work in you, giving you the desire and ability. Catch that. The desire and ability to do what pleases Him. God is intentional. I want to read this out. I keep, keep bringing it up, this prayer book, because it's been helping me so much. But uh, it's by... Tim Chester, called Into His Presence, Praying with the Puritans. friend gave it to me late last year, and it's just been such a gift. But I wanted to just read this little passage about the Holy Spirit. Is that cool? Because it was a slap in my face of how accurate it was. Holy Spirit, I thank you. This is by John Owen. Wonderful, wonderful 16th, 17th century theologian. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your own great love 
You willingly came forth from the Father to be my comforter. Catch this. This is the part that got me. You knew what I was, what I could do. You knew that I would grieve you, provoke you, quench you, and defile your dwelling place. Yet you came to be my comforter. Now you pursue my progress and sanctification, all the fruits of regeneration, dissuading dissuading me from evil. In return, may I pursue holiness on the account of your love, kindness, and tenderness. May I delight you with my obedience and not grieve you with evils and follies. It goes on, but that stood out so much. God is intentional and God is into your progress. And how's that prayer? You knew what I was. Like What a humbling but accurate prayer. You knew I wasn't perfect. You knew I have idols in my heart. You knew I get tempted by things in this world. You knew I'd quench you. You knew I'd forget you. You knew I'd blaspheme you. You knew all this and you came anyway. Why? To lead me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. We are so lost without the Holy Spirit's help. But the beautiful thing is, He found us when we were lost. He found us. Jesus brought us back rejoicing. We are His. God is intentional. So the next thing is you and I need to be intentional. It frightens me. We can choose not to walk. Yeah. Matthew uh, 7, 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, actually does them, I liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Yes, there are seasons of passive filling. And no, in no way, shape and form do I believe we are ever saved or loved or accepted because of our work towards Jesus. But now that He saved you and redeemed you and forgiven you and accepted you and adopted you and now He looks at you and calls you His, there is work to be done. Walk with me, work with me. I I, I wanna be intentional, not in doing this in my own energy and strength and wisdom, but intentional at going, Lord, what are you doing today? And how can I partner with you in that? I wanna be intentional this year, amen? He leads me in paths of righteousness. It frightens me that we can choose to say no. Wide is the path that leads to destruction, narrow is the gate that leads to life and few find it. (sighs) We could choose to say no to all of the goodness God has on offer this year. I wanna be intentional. And I know I said before I'll finish with this, but I'll actually finish with this. He leads me in powers of righteousness for His name's sake. Did you notice that? For His name's sake, the outcome of a godly life is glory to God. (laughs) Matthew 5, 16, let your Light so shine before men that they can see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Who gets the glory from our good works? God. Who is praised because we're letting our light shine? God. It breaks my heart when I hear, you know, have meals or dinner with non-Christians and, and, and the things they bring up about what's happening in parts of the church around the world. And I feel like I've got to apologise 
so often, like, I'm so sorry. And I just keep saying this, just so you know, that's not Jesus. I just keep having to say, just so you know, that's not Jesus. I know they did that. I know they said they did it in the name of Jesus. That's not Jesus. If you want to look at the Bible with me, I'll show you Jesus. I want to live a life that glorifies His name. And it's paths of righteousness, right? It's how I live. It's how I treat people. It's how I act. It's how I serve my community. It's how I help my neighbours. It's how I'm, I'm close to Him and His presence, these paths of righteousness. If I keep walking them with Him guiding me, He gets the glory from how I live. That's wild to me. That's wild to me. People look on at our lives and go, there must be a good God out there. I want to live that kind of life. Amen? It's the Lord your shepherd. There'll be seasons where He makes you lie down. Embrace it. There'll be seasons where He leads you beside something great. Get up. Make the most. Take what God has brought to you. And there'll be seasons where He leaves you in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. May we all say yes and amen and follow Him. Amen? Can we stand to our feet? We're going to worship our great King. Today as I was talking about God being your shepherd revealed in Jesus Christ, if something went on in your heart and you're like, I want that. I want God to satisfy my soul. I, I want to be able to look at God and say, I have all that I need. If that's you, after the service, please let me pray with you. It'd be the greatest joy in my life. Come down and see me. I want to introduce you to Jesus. I want you to experience His satisfying love as He leads you the rest of your days. But for now, let's worship our King.
Let's, let's give God some praise. What a fantastic, fantastic moment. Fantastic service. Wow. Thank you, Pastor Dan. Let's give Pastor Dan a hand for just a magnificent... If you weren't aware, we actually record all of our messages and it's on YouTube. And if you search for C3 Corumban and subscribe, you can see all of these messages. So if you've missed the last two weeks or any of it, or even if you just want to go over those points again, let's use this resource and, and, and go. And these messages over these three weeks have been absolute incredible. Let's give Pastor Dan some more praise. Thank you, Pastor. These are the ways of life. This is, this is how we do it is this Word of God, and it's so fantastic. Well, thank you for coming today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the service. Hope that you've received something. And God, you know, God will, will, will do something in our world if we just receive it. So have a, have a blessed day, and um, we'll just close. Father, we thank you for what you have done right now in this service on every life. We thank you for change towards heaven. We thank you for change and response towards heaven in every life. And we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day.